0: Good morning, church. Isn't it good to be in the house of God this morning? I'm excited about a message that God has placed on my heart to share with you this morning. So we're in a theme this year called Influencer. Let's type it in the chat boxes to remind us of our yearly theme, Influencer. And I have a message to share with you today on the subject of that. And the title of my message is under the influence. So I want to take you on a bit of a journey back in time today in history of the Bible to look at the early church. So we're going to be reading a lot from the book of Acts this morning and I love the book of Acts and I'd encourage you to read through it again because you just see how the church is birthed and amazing things happen when men and women follow Jesus. So to take you back to the beginning of the book of Acts, Jesus has died and he's risen again He's come to the disciples, he's shown himself to be the one and true King, Jesus, the risen Christ. And he says to them, it's better that I go now to heaven to be with my father because I'm going to send you the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit would lead you in all truth. The Holy Spirit will empower you and will bring you comfort and peace. So the disciples had been told that they would receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And they were waiting for this gift to to come. And when the Holy Spirit arrived, it was on a day when 120 of the disciples, men and women, were gathered in one place in an upper room, waiting on God, praying, and then the Holy Spirit arrived. The Holy Spirit ascended like tongues of fire on all the people that were in this room. Amazing power broke out. They started to speak in different languages, in different tongues, and it spilled out onto the street. Now, the people that saw this happen looked at the disciples and they said, they must be drunk what is going on? They are speaking in some gobbledygook language that makes no sense. What is happening? Others commented, well, it's nine in the morning. Surely can they be drunk that early? But they were under the influence of the Holy Spirit. Now, when you think about it in the natural, have you ever witnessed anybody being under the influence of alcohol? Because alcohol does something to people that changes their whole demeanour. It changes their behaviour. And we've, been, we've all been to that wedding, haven't we? Where we've seen some people who have no business normally dancing, but after a few glasses of wine, they pull out their dance moves. And we are like, wow! Wow! that should be banned. We've never seen dancing like that before. But in their own mind, under the influence of alcohol, they think they should be on Strictly Come Dancing because they are amazing. All those people that are under the influence of alcohol, who you hardly speak to on a normal day-to-day basis, turn around to you and say, I love you, man. You're my bestie. Because they're under the influence of alcohol but also it can be very, very dangerous. I remember years ago working in London and we heard the story of a colleague who under the influence of alcohol, on his way home on the last train, he decided to open the doors the wrong side, not onto the platform, but onto the track because he was under the influence of alcohol. That is not a good thing. But a good thing is to be under the influence of the power of the Holy Spirit. And I want to unpack that for you today. Because once the disciples were filled with the power of the Holy Spirit, it stirred and empowered them to step out for Jesus. They became his hands and feet. And they literally went out from that day empowered to build the church. And the church was birthed. They stepped out full of God. His promise had been given to them. And now they were equipped to go out and change people, to change people's hearts towards Jesus. And they were influential men and women, full of the power of the Holy Spirit. That day, Peter gave his first ever preach. Peter, one of the disciples, he stood up and he said, Acts 2 verse 38, Peter replied, Repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus for the forgiveness of your sins and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. He stood up there and gave the gospel. He said, you need to repent. You have fallen short, but you can come to Jesus, who is a loving saviour, who can forgive you from your sins, who can empower you with the Holy Spirit and send you on a journey of relationship with God. He spoke the gospel. You know, the church was so passionate. And that day, in response to his message, 3,000 people gave their hearts to Jesus. The church was birthed, and the church was influential. The church grew, and the church spread out, not only to that town, but out in the country, across seas, across land. And they had the power of the Holy Spirit guiding them and leading them. There were many miracles that were seen. Blind eyes were open. People that could not walk could suddenly walk. Demons were set, uh, released from people and people were set free. The disciples, the apostles, the crowd, the church grew and it had impact on everyone that was around them, filled, empowered under the influence of the Holy Spirit. This was the amazing church. And not only that, people got devoted to church. I love that word, devoted. Devoted. It just stands for being like, this is what I'm about, this is who I am, and this is what I shall live for. There was a devotion to the church, and we can see this in Acts 2, verses 42 to 44. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, the breaking of bread, and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together, and they had everything in common. So if we unpack this, the church was birthed, empowered by the Holy Spirit. And then people got devoted to church, and they fellowshiped together. It means they spent time together. They gathered together. They broke bread together. They did communion together. They prayed together. Everybody was filled in awe at all the miraculous signs and wonders and miracles that happened because they experienced it together. And it also goes on to say in the further verses that they brought their finances, their money into the house. They brought their gifts into the house. They were devoted to the church and the spread of the gospel of Jesus. They were passionate and fiery. And I want to say to you today in 2021, this is church. This is who we are. If you're a follower of Christ today, you are the church. It doesn't matter that we're not gathering in one building because as we gather over the the internet this morning we are still representing the Holy Spirit inspired church of Jesus Christ we are carrying the message of hope that the world needs we are Christians on fire and devoted to the growth of the church and the church is growing in 2021 the church is growing over the platforms where you will see these messages go out because Jesus's church is his a plan and he will build his church and nothing can stop it you and I are part of an amazing plan of God to bring heaven to earth and I want to encourage you in that keep gathering be at the services this is church you are church and you are a person of influence and I pray that as you hear this message today it will stir something within you that you are part of something so amazing the church of Jesus Christ so the church grew in Acts and it spread out and many people devoted themselves to it. The message of Jesus was just out there. But of course, persecution came. Of course, there were those who did not like the message of Jesus. It messed up the plan of things. It didn't work with the culture of that day, and particularly the religious people at the time. Who are these uneducated men and women declaring the risen Christ? Who are these? The religious people didn't like it. They tried to stop it. And there was a lot of times when the Christians at that time were persecuted, where they were beaten up, where they were imprisoned, where they were stoned. And sometimes, like Stephen, where they lost their life because of the gospel of Jesus Christ. But still, the church went on. Still, the church was devoted. Still, it kept moving forward because the mission was to bring heaven to earth. At that time, there was one particular man who hated the Christians and the movement of the church. And his name was Saul. He was a terrorist of the time. His sole purpose in life, he dedicated his life to destroy the church. He would ransack homes. He would stone people. He would kill He would imprison the Christians because he hated the message that they were bringing at the time of hope. He hated the message that they were bringing that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. But all can come into relationship with him by the forgiveness of their sins and repentance. But he didn't like this and his whole mission was to bring down the church of Jesus. And of course, he went about this and he was very successful in his life's mission until one day on his way to go and find a bunch of these Christians, these apostles, the early church, to bring them down, to persecute them, to perhaps to murder them. He had an encounter with Jesus on the Damascus Road. Jesus spoke to him from heaven and said, Saul, why do you persecute me? And you can read it for yourself in Acts, the whole story of how he has this amazing encounter with Jesus that turns his life completely around. It turns the direction of his life, and he has this encounter. And read the story for yourself because it stirs you and encourages you that the man who was the biggest influence in persecuting the church, his life was turned around and he became the biggest influencer for the church. He even had his name changed from Saul to Paul. But the whole mission of his life turned around. People were amazed because they knew Saul as the terrorist of the church. And now he was the one that was going out of his way to tell them the truth that Jesus was the Son of God, the risen Son of God, who died for the sins of the world so that all can have a relationship with the Father. He made it his mission to declare the good news. He had a radical conversion, he was filled with the power of the Holy Spirit, and there was no stopping him. He devoted himself to church and he went about on mission out from the place that he was found to so many different countries across seas to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. He was amazing. And he went about declaring the good news. He spoke of his own story of this is how lost I was, but Jesus has forgiven my sins and turned my life around. What an amazing testimony of this man, Paul, one of the biggest influences that we read about in the New Testament today. He would go into synagogues in the Jewish people who were so devout in their religious activity in the way that they saw God and he would go in and preach messages of Jesus as the risen Christ and many would get saved he gave a message that was so inclusive it wasn't just for the Jews but it was for the Gentiles as well. He gave the opportunity for so many people to come out of the kingdom of darkness and into the kingdom of light. And he used his own life and his own history and story as a great example. He was such a man of God. But religion, again, couldn't handle it. Religion kept looking at the church that was spreading, that was growing, that was changing the whole concept of the Roman Empire at the time and they didn't like it they didn't like the message that was being preached but nevertheless the church preached the message and Paul was buddied up with a, a man at the time who was called Silas and they were companions and they were going about declaring the good news from village to village and town to town and they would often go and stay in different people's houses that had accepted the hope of Jesus and they'd go about spreading the gospel and there's one particular day when they turn up at the synagogue and as it was the custom Paul would would go in and he wanted to start preaching the gospel in the synagogue to the Jews. And I'm going to read to you what happens in Acts 17, verses two to seven. So this is Paul as he arrives at the synagogue. Then Paul, as his custom was, went into them and for three Sabbaths reasoned with them from the scriptures, explaining and demonstrating that the Christ had to suffer and rise again from the dead and saying, this Jesus, whom I preach to you, is the Christ and some of them were persuaded and a great multitude of the devout Greeks and not a few of the leading women joined Paul and Silas but the Jews were not persuaded becoming envious they took some of the evil men from the marketplace and gathered a mob and set all in the city in uproar and attacked the house of Jason and sought to bring them out to the people But when they did not find them, they dragged Jason and some brethren to the rulers of the city, crying out, These who have turned the world upside down have come here too. Jason has harbored them, and these are all acting contrary to the decrees of Caesar, saying, There is another king, Jesus. You see, they were not happy about the message that Paul and Silas were bringing. They were just so upset that they gathered a mob. And it makes me think, even the wording there in the Bible, they gathered an angry mob. They got the evil men together to drag them out of the house and try and beat them up in like the market square. But they couldn't find them. But the way that they described them is interesting. They said, These who have turned the world upside down. That was their description of them. These who have turned the world upside down. Now, this was not meant as a compliment. This meant that they were disruptive, that they were causing aggro, that they were coming in and they were changing up the balance and the culture of the time. It was not a compliment. They turned the world upside down. And to illustrate this, I'll share a story with you that I can laugh about now, but I couldn't at the time. And this was way back when we had our first daughter. And you know what it's like when you have a baby? Everybody comes out of the woodwork to visit you. Everybody phones you up and wants to come and meet you and see your newborn baby. And so I had so many people, friends, family, that wanted to come and visit. And particularly old work friends from many years ago. So one of my friends contacted me and she said, I'd love to come and visit you with my children. Would that be okay? I want to meet Amy. I want to meet your baby. So I said, yeah, that'd be great. So she came over with her children and little did I know what would happen. Because she was in awe of my baby. She's like, oh, I haven't held a newborn for so long. My children are five and seven. Oh, give me your baby. And she was in awe of my child. And as she did that, her two children influenced each other in the worst possible way. And they literally went around our house and they emptied every cupboard, every drawer, they tipped out all the dirty washing in the linen bin, they pulled out paperwork, they got food out, they literally caused havoc in my house and literally turned it upside down. But the awkward thing was, where she's cuddling my child and looking down the whole time, she didn't say to them, can you stop doing that now, that's not good. And so I tried to step in, and you know when you sort of try to say something somebody else's child, and you probably shouldn't really, but you're like, aha, let's not play with all the paperwork, let's come and sit down and watch CBeebies, but it wasn't working. And then they came downstairs and proceeded to get my brand new buggy and ram it in to our television that was on a stand similar to this. And it was wobbling all over the place, but still the mum did not say anything. They then proceeded to go again into the kitchen and I kept trying to tell them, but they did not listen to me. By the time she left, standing there with my newborn baby looking at my house I was almost in tears where do I start to tidy this up the next minute the door goes my husband Dan comes home from work and this is the truth of his words as he walked in the house he saw me standing there with the baby and he walked in and he looked around he said have we been burgled because it was that much of a mess because they'd come in and turned my world upside down that day Needless to say, I wasn't quick with the invite to come and revisit for my second child. But I hope it illustrates what turning something upside down looks like. But I want to turn that on its head now. You see, the rulers of the city at the time, the Jews, said these that have turned the world upside down meant it for negative. But in kingdom turns, this was the greatest compliment for Paul and Silas and the church. They've turned the world upside down because we church today in 2021 are called to turn the world upside down with the gospel of hope and truth that we have. We are called to be influencers in our sphere of influence that will bring about breakthrough, hope and salvation for so many people. We are called to point the way to the one true God. We are called to bring heaven down to earth in its fullness. We're called to set the captives free, to bind up the brokenhearted, to bring about life. We are called to be generous. We are called to be present. We are called to be worshipped. full full of the empowerment of the Holy Spirit as we go out and change this world for Jesus. And wherever you are placed today, I want to encourage you that you have influence to be one of those that will turn the world upside down for the kingdom because you're empowered by the Holy Spirit and your mission is to bring heaven to earth to marry the word and the spirit together and go out strong in your devotion as a Christian, as a representation of God to bring about change in the field where you are, in the place where you are positioned. You have the power to change culture. You have the power to bring hope. You have the power to bring life in its fullness. And I want to encourage you because God wants to use you to change this world, to bring the kingdom of God, to grow in strength and strength, because you are an influencer for the church, for Jesus. So what is the kingdom of God like? You know, the disciples asked Jesus this, And they asked him, and this was his reply, and I want to unpack this this morning for you. So in Mark 4, verses 30 to 32, this is Jesus speaking. He says, again, he said, what shall we say the kingdom of God is like? Or what parable shall we use to describe it? It is like a mustard seed, which is the smallest of all seeds on the earth. Yet, when planted, it grows and becomes the largest of garden plants with such big branches that the birds can perch in its shade. And I love what it says here and what Jesus was talking about. Because when we become a Christian, we start off with that seed. It's like that mustard seed. It looks small and it might look insignificant. But as we grow... In our Christian walk, and we become more like Jesus, and we understand the calling on our life, it's the kingdom grows within us. And we grow to be the biggest plant in the garden. And the mustard seeds branches are holding birds in there to perch. They are nesting there. And when you look at that as our lives as Kingdom Christians, we are called to be planted in the Church of God so that as we grow, as we change, as we allow the Holy Spirit to change us from the inside out to be more like Jesus, we grow so strong in our faith and we are so rooted that our branches go out so wide that we have enough room to say to people of the world, come and perch in the branches. Come and sit in a place where we can show you what hope is. Come and we will pray for you when you are going through stuff. Come and receive the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. Come and see who Jesus is. And we come and provide shade and shelter and a firm place for people to come. And that is the representation of church. And when you think on church, on mass, of each of us growing and developing our own mustard seed, that looks like a garden full of strong flowers flourishing plants that are there to say to the world come over here and grow with us because this gospel of Jesus is for everyone it's for Jew and Gentile you can come with your past you can come with your stuff and you can give it to Jesus and in exchange he will give you freedom and he'll set you on a life that will be so much more than you could ever imagine So let's grow in our faith, church. Let's be strong in our roots of who Jesus is and allow him to change us so that we will therefore draw people in to the kingdom of God. Where God has planted you, you have influence. You know, in that family, in that job, in your business, in that school, wherever you are, you are a person of influence. You are God's hope. You are the one that will bring the words of encouragement. You're the one that will bring prayer. You're the one that will just bring breakthrough because God has planted you there for this time in order for you to bring about change. So I want to encourage you that you have influence. You are the influential church being his hands and feet in this time and this season. Are we as the church willing to show up on mission? Are we willing to say, I'm going to be devoted to this? I'm going to listen to the, the voice of the Holy Spirit, be led by the Spirit and step in to people's lives where I need to. I'm going to be present in the stuff that's going on in my own church so that I turn up, so that I can bring the encouragement for someone else. I'm going to be devoted in being together. I'm going to be devoted in sowing my gifts in to be a person of influence. So I want to ask you a couple of questions today. Are you an influencer? And who are you influencing? Who are you influencing? Because someone is always looking at your life someone is always watching you and we don't always realize this but our lives speak volumes and it's often our actions more than our words that people are looking at and when people are looking at a Christian they're looking to say how do you conduct your life how do you make those decisions how do you live with such joy how do you live in order to please God they're looking in on our life how do you handle stuff when it happens in life because things happen to us Where are you rooted? People are all the time watching and we don't always know. And I want to give you an example of this. And um, when I was a little girl, I grew up in a Christian home, which was such a blessing. Had amazing parents that are on fire for God and amazing extended family. And particularly my grandma, And um, she was a Christian. Her parents became Christians out of the Welsh Revival. And I always remember my grandma for her passion for Jesus. In 1957, she decided to plant a church in Colchester. And it was quite unheard of at the time she was going to be the lead pastor of this church and she decided to build it and there's such an amazing story there of how she was enabled to get the finance to build this church and it was just something ahead of time in that 1957. As a little girl I'd spend time with my grandma and particularly at weekends I would love to go and stay at her house but it's not till you're older you realize the influence that somebody has had on you because my grandma was doing all the stuff that grandmas would do. We'd bake together, we'd have fun together. I loved being with her. But more than that, I loved looking at her passion and her life that was devoted to Jesus. You know, often we'd be playing and we'd do stuff and then on a Saturday afternoon, she would say, I just need a little bit of time now because she'd go off into a separate room and she'd start to look through her notes. She'd read her Bible ready for the preach on the Sunday morning. Often at times, I'd be playing my brother and sister in a house and we'd need her for something and we'd be like, where's grandma? And I'd see her on her knees by a bed praying to Jesus. Often at times, I would be talking about stuff that would go on at school and different things, and she would call us aside and say, let's pray about that situation. She was so passionate for Jesus. It left such an imprint on my life, the influence that she had. And there as a little girl from born into the church that she led, that she built. I went to that church for so many years of my life. There would be on a Sunday morning, my grandma preaching the word. She would preach with such passion. She'd preach with such fire. She's full of the Holy Spirit. She would bring heaven down to earth every time that she preached. And little did she know, she may not have even realized what she was doing, but she was influencing me. Because the minute church was over and it was positioned in her garden at the time of her house, I would then play church. I would grab the microphone and I'd stand in the pulpit and I'd practice preaching the gospel like my grandma did. I would get the big Bible that was up there and I'd read it out and I'd put my fist on the lectern and say that you would need to be saved for all have fallen short of the glory of God. But Jesus has made a way and I would preach from the age of five years old and little did I know what it was doing on the inside of me. But she had influence and her influence changed my life. And I want to encourage you from that today. Parents at home, are you praying to influence your children to pray? Husbands and wives, are you praying together? Are you talking about godly things? Are you living in your house and just for the glory of God? I want to encourage you. Someone is always watching. As you go to work, how do you speak? How do you represent God? Because you are an influencer and you can influence people for good for Jesus. So I want to encourage you with that this morning. My second question is, do we change the culture or does culture change us? It's an important one. If we look at Romans 12 verses 1 to 2, I love the way the Passion Translation describes this famous piece of scripture. Beloved friends, what should be our proper response to God's marvelous mercies? I encourage you to surrender yourselves to God to be his sacred living sacrifices. And live in holiness, experiencing all that delights his heart, for this becomes your genuine expression of worship. Stop imitating the ideals and opinions of the culture around you, but be inwardly transformed by the Holy Spirit through a total reformation of how you think. I just love that. What's our proper response to the mercy of God? What's our proper response to the gospel message? It encourages us to surrender ourselves, to live in a way that would be holy and pleasing to God. It encourages us to stop imitating the ideals of the world, to not blend in so much that we can't say, okay, are you of the world or are you of the Kingdom? Which one are you in? But to be so outstanding with the way we live in Kingdom values to the standard of God, that we are set apart, that in fact the world will follow the direction of us, the church, the walking church outside of the building that we would be inwardly transformed by the power of the Holy Spirit. That every day we would be the ones that say, come Holy Spirit, fill me today, change me, mold me, bend me, shape me, lead me today because I'm for you and for your kingdom. We need to keep living under the influence of the Holy Spirit. And just as I shared there about my grandma, do you know, influence, your influence doesn't die when you die, but it lives on. And This is very true for Paul. As we looked at Paul's life today through Acts, his life was full of influence for the Kingdom of God. But it didn't die when he died, but it lives on. And we know all the many books of the Bible that he wrote. The letters in Corinthians, in Romans, we read and we know so many of those verses. We live our lives by them. We say we will run the race with perseverance, with not looking back, but looking forward, pressing towards the goal. We love to quote scripture like, I've I've decided that neither life nor death, nor angels nor demons, nor nothing can separate us from the love of God. Well, Paul wrote that. That's Paul's influence. That so much we read about the armor of God. Paul wrote that. That was his influence, the inspired word of God. And often at times, Paul was writing it from a prison cell. And yet we still talk about his work and his transformation today. His influence lives on. And so I want to say to you today, the long after you're gone, will your influence live on? So who are you influencing? And where are you influencing? Would you call yourself an influencer today? Because I want to encourage you, you are one. God has given you a sphere of influence. And maybe from this message today, you will tap in to the power that God has given you to be an influencer in your home, in your work, in your church, in your small group, in every situation that you are called a person of influence. So I'd love to pray for you today. Just to seal this message in, I'd love to pray. And then I'd like to do a salvation prayer. So, Lord God, I want to thank you for this time this morning. I want to thank you for every man and woman and child that has watched this message. I want to pray that you would stir every heart this morning to know that you've called us to a life of influence, that you've called us to be world changers, that you would say of us, those who have turned the world upside down for my kingdom. I pray you'd strengthen every heart this morning to be so tuned into your Holy Spirit, to live a life devoted to you and your church, God. That you would stir hearts this morning to want to live passionately, to want to put things aside that break your heart and to live a life full of love and influence that people would go out this morning knowing that you have called them to make a difference, that you'd empower them with your Holy Spirit again, that you'd fall afresh on every home, everyone that is tuning in to know, Lord God, that you have a plan for their life, that they have messages of hope to bring salvation in family, in friends, in work colleagues. So we thank you as we go out into this week, Father, that we don't go alone, but we go with you, Lord Jesus. And we want to be kingdom changers in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. And maybe this morning you would say, well, I've never given my heart to Jesus. Well, I want to say it's the best decision you'll ever make. So if you'd like to do that today, I will pray for you. And please let us know so that we can walk this journey out with you. So Father God, I want to thank you for your son, Jesus. I'm sorry for the sin and the things I've done wrong. I make a choice today to put my old life aside and to step into relationship with Jesus. Thank you for the cross. Thank you for setting me free. I choose to follow you in Jesus' name. So thank you so much, guys, for listening this morning. I'm going to hand back to the worship team now and just have an amazing week. You are an influencer. If you said yes to Jesus today, we are celebrating with you. We would love to pray with you and send you a Bible and some resources to get you started on your faith journey. Please go to equipers.co.uk forward slash I said yes, or follow the link in the chat box so we can get in touch.